Thank you for joining Mind Your Brain, a podcast of meaningful workshops to improve the quality of life for those affected by a brain injury. Our goal is to give you tools and tips to encourage you to invest in your recovery. Not even COVID can alter our course to put survivor's recovery first. My name is Candace Gant. I'm a brain injury survivor and founder of Mind Your Brain at Penn Medicine Conferences and the executive director of the Mind Your Brain Nonprofit Foundation. I'm also proud to be on the board of the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania and co-chair of the Pennsylvania Brain Injury Coalition. Today, we're gonna talk about leading a physically active life after a brain injury. Scott Dillman is joining me in the studio today. After many months of inpatient and outpatient therapy, TBI survivors reach a point of discharge, finally, from the medical community. For survivors and their families, the road to recovery often continues through a post-rehabilitation exercise program. Many questions arise when TBI survivors think about returning to the gym. What are the best exercises? What is the intensity of the workout? What about my limitations with movement? We're going to explore those today. Scott Doman is with me. He is the co-founder of Fitness Trainers and the founder of the Fighting Back program. He received his BA in psychology from Furman University and his MBA from Villanova University. And also important for everybody to know is that he is a retired major from the United States Army and has 20 plus years experience in the health and fitness industry. So welcome, Scott. Happy to have you with us. Thank you, Candice. It's a pleasure to be here. So Scott, can you please tell our listeners a little more about fitness trainers and the role your therapists play in the physical recovery of brain injury survivors? Fitness Trainers Candace is an interesting company. We have kind of two divisions. First works with people that are really just trying to either get started again on an exercise program or really need to kind of organize their body better due to injuries or illnesses that you know, aren't significant in nature, but are such that, that they need to get a little coaching before they can continue on their own. We work with a lot of golfers, a lot of athletes. The other part of our business is something that I think will be very relevant for today, and that's the Fighting Back program. We work with a variety of different neurological injuries and illnesses. And like the first program, we really focus on trying to organize the body to move efficiently. We want to focus on maximizing the abilities of the individuals we work with, not really focused on their disabilities, but more focused on their abilities. So we got started with a fighting back program. It's a great story. Um, I was right out of college and was working at a gym as what you would consider a personal trainer. And this young girl came in in a wheelchair and she was asking for some services. She had been working in New York City. She lived in Westchester and was driving home and a drunk driver hit her head on, never saw her coming. And she suffered a spinal cord injury and a head injury. She went to Bryn Mawr Rehab after a long time in the hospital and did all of her rehabilitation. And like you said earlier, she got to the point where she was discharged. And for anybody who's been in that situation, it's like the Grand Canyon, leaving the hospital and the medical system. When you go out for the first time, there, are this, there is no, no services. There is a huge gap 
between you re-entering the community once you leave. So Karen was looking for some way to fill that gap. And so she came into the gym and we started working together one-on-one. And I got to tell you, Candace, Fighting Back was inspired by her. She had the most incredible attitude. She had lost everything, but yet she rolled in every day as if she had lost nothing. She made so many friends in the, in the gym and, and it became such a wonderful community of support for her that one day I was sitting at the desk and, and those words fighting back came to mind really because of Karen. She was the inspiration for the whole program. And so what we did was we started working with her and realizing that we could really help to improve some of her abilities. We could gain confidence for her to be in a public situation so she could socialize again and be out with other people. And eventually she continued to improve and and made tremendous progress. And like anything that's grassroots in nature, someone found out Karen was doing that and they asked if they could come in. And then another one came in and another one came in. And that's really how the Fighting Back program began. It's one of the great grassroots stories that you'll ever hear about because it wasn't my plan. That was not what I was planning to do with my life. And it just kind of (laughs) fell in our lap. So that's a little introduction to what Fitness Trainers is and what Fighting Back is and how it all got started. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah, that, that's terrific. And is it, you still obviously keep in touch with Karen because she's the inspiration of all this. So that's that's pretty special. Well, it's so funny you said that because she came to, uh, and and what the, the nonprofit that we'll talk about a little bit, I'll explain how that got started, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to find Karen. So hopefully if someone oh. out there is listening, uh, her Karen Russell's her full name, and, and I'm trying to reconnect with her. I cannot find her. I've been through social media. I know she's out there somewhere, but we, we need to reconnect. Oh, that's a great. Okay. We'll put all of our listeners on that. That's a, they've got a job to do today and to find Karen Russell. Thanks for that. And uh, I wanted to ask you then, what are some of the challenges? Tell us about the, the type of clients you see. What are the, you talked about Karen, but what are some of the other challenges your clients face and how do you improve, how do you improve their mobility? Well, we work with a variety of different neurologicals, injury, illnesses, and conditions. So things like uh, brain injury, like this audience today, but we also work with spinal cord injury and stroke and ALS and MS and conditions like a CP or autism, uh, even Down syndrome. So we're really broadly across the neurological uh, spectrum. But for brain injuries in particular, I think the most important thing is to have a very good transition plan from your physical therapy. Most people go through physical therapy and when they get to the end, like at a Bryn Mawr rehab, um, making sure that they have a very good uh, plan so that they know what they can do safely. Because the biggest challenge that I find with people is everybody is different. As you know, there's no one brain injury that's the same. Everybody's got unique challenges and unique situations based on what they've been through. So making sure they have a clear understanding of what their safety parameters are as well as what their limitations are before they leave and then consider starting a program. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. And these the programs too, let me ask you a little bit more about the program. You're not just a gym, uh, but you're a center that gives survivors an opportunity to lead an active lifestyle. And with the spring coming, what are some of the exercises, perhaps seated for our listeners to start with that you could recommend? Well, you're going to laugh at this, Candice. The first thing I tell everybody is to go outside. I love it. Get outside. You know, it's so important that we get out with nature. 
Um, our program is not just about exercise. It's really about wellness. And the wellness component is, is both the body and the mind. We're realizing more and more that the body and the mind are linked. And that's why exercise is so important. Movement is so important because when you move, you actually stimulate the mind. You stimulate the brain from the bottom up. So I, the first thing I tell, whatever you're going to do is go outside, get out into nature. There's a very powerful calming sense um, when you're out with nature. And it's, a, it's something that helps lead us to a more peaceful and happy life. So once you're outside, then based on your limitations, safety is always first. So when you wanna make sure you're in a safe environment, if you have balance issues, you wanna make sure there's someone with you uh, so that there's no chance of you falling and re-injury. And as everybody knows that's had a brain injury, once you've had a brain injury, you're likely to have having another one is much higher because of falls. Mm -hmm. So safety is the thing I always drill into someone when you're going to get out and start to exercise. But once you're outside, really just moving. And what I mean by that is, you know, standing. If you can sit to stand, do, do 10 sit to stands. Get the whole body moving. If you're limited in your lower body, then move your arms in a punching motion. I know Kirby was a boxer. She can relate to that. But just the ability to move your arms back and forth and, and get that activity going. It's so important that we're consistent in our exercise. So, you know, as the weather gets nicer, you know, just get outside every day and do a little bit. And if you just do it for five minutes, people say, well, that's not worth it. I say, that's, that's silly. Yeah, a little bit of movement is very, very powerful. And I would also add to that that you could echo it if you'd like, and that is to get your neighbors and your families involved. Take them with you. People like company. And uh, even if you talk, you don't talk, it doesn't matter. It's just to have somebody with you. Maybe that would be a good support system to have and to keep, especially if you're having mm, any balance issues or anything, take a friend. And the socialization piece of that is just as important. Again, from a wellness perspective, you know, the most important thing is having and interacting with other people. That's one of our big benefits that we have in our program, but making sure that you're getting out and socially, it's so easy to isolate once you've had a brain injury and not feel comfortable to go outside. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Exercise is a great way to do that. And, and getting beyond just your family, you know, the, the caregiver, I, we, I, we do a lot of work with caregivers and I say the caregivers have an incredible role that they play in people's lives, but often that role kind of becomes stuck in a cycle. So bringing other friends and like you said, to go out and sit outside and do a little movement with them, but just to socialize, you know, outside of your family system is extremely important for your wellness and overall being. Yeah, thanks. So Scott, how do we incorporate healthy activities in our daily lives? And taking a walk was one greatest idea. Anything else you could share with them? Yes, I, I'm a big, big believer in, in doing some breathing. Uh, some people call it meditation. Some people call it breathing. Some people use yoga breathing. But I think breathing is one of the most core functions that we don't spend enough time doing. There's a, a lot of wonderful apps available today that can just help you do a little bit of breathing. And what that does is allows you to kind of relax the body, refocus the brain. And really it's a very healthy daily activity. And I don't think uh, we, we don't do that enough in our society and especially for individuals with brain injury. Um, and it's easy to do. You can get any of the apps on there. If you just look for a breathing app and just do it for five minutes a day. That's all I do. I do it for five minutes a day. And it just kind of resets your brain It resets your body. And it's just a wonderful, healthy activity to do. Uh, the second thing is obviously nutrition. Nutrition is a huge part of our lives. It's how we get all of our fuel to be able to function on a daily basis. 
So, you know, everybody comes to me and always wants to lose weight, always wants to do better. And I just say, you have to think about eating as a source of fuel. So what you're putting in your body is going to be the quality of the, the energy your body has. So if you put in junk, you're not going to get a lot of good quality in that. If you put in good things, um, you're going to get a lot better quality. But again, I always tell people, start small. Don't try to change everything at once. Take one meal and make that meal better. You know, maybe you change out having a candy bar for lunch and you have a salad and instead. You don't have to do it all at once. Our biggest problem with our brains is we think we can change everything all at once. And the reality is we can't. We've got to take it in very small steps, but be consistent with it. So I think breathing is very important. And I think uh, nutrition are two other things that we can work on for our well-being. Yeah, thanks. And Scott, how many times a week? So we might have listeners that are overachievers and some maybe under or some that are just needed to get a little jump start. So how many times a week should we be exercising? That's a great point, Candace. And what's great about this story is that everybody looks at some of the statistics that are out in the literature and say, oh, we need to work out for 20 minutes and we need to get our heart rate to a certain point. And I say, that's foolish. The most important thing is to do it consistently. I would rather see someone work out every day for 10 minutes than two, two days for an hour, because it's the consistency that matters and you can build off consistency. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard the story about, you know, someone walks to their mailbox and all of a sudden they feel like, wow, I didn't think I could do that. Now I can walk to my mail. Now I'm going to walk to my neighbor's mailbox. And the next thing you know, they're walking around the block. Mm -hmm. That's how we build our confidence. So that's why I'm such a believer in exercising every day. A little bit every day really allows us to progress in a healthy way. Our bodies are designed to move and we move all the time. We just don't move enough all the time. So that's what exercise is. It's just extending our movement patterns that we do on a short-term basis. Indeed, indeed. And then, and you've really covered the intensity too. Uh, that high intensity, should I be running? Can I be walking? I think you've already covered that, but just reinforce it that it doesn't, the intensity doesn't have to be there, but the consistency is what yeah, it really intensity is. Uh, and again, a lot of that comes from the literature. People hear about they have to work out at a certain level of intensity or work out really hard, or they're not going to get any results. But again, I, I think the question is, what results are you trying to get? My big focus with people is quality of life. And quality of life is more than just um, big muscles. Uh, quality of life is about how you feel about your environment, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about those around you. And exercise is a wonderful way to add to that. And it doesn't have to be intense. It just has to be consistent. Right, right. Scott, this is, I love the reinforcement of all this that we really know in the back of our minds, but we need to be reminded that this is important and this is the encouragement we want to give to everybody. And could you please tell us, so we talked a little bit, you did, about Fighting Back Foundation, and I'd love to hear more about that. Uh, I believe it was born out of your fitness trainer business, which you described so how did that start? And yeah, that's good. That's that another great story. So we talked about Karen and Karen was in the gym working out. And we had a couple other people that were, uh, came in and followed Karen. And like I said, it was really a grassroots effort. And the, the foundation, the nonprofit started very much like the, the uh, Fighting Back program started. And that was by someone walked up to me and said, here's a check for $1,000. If anybody needs any help on their services because of the devastation of their injuries and illnesses, you give a, you, you, you take this money and you cover them. 
So literally it was, a, it was someone from the gym that came up and, and handed that. And then oh, one generous. of my neighbors said, you should really start a nonprofit because then those people would get tax donations. And so, you know, that was the way it got started. So what we tr- created was scholarships for people, because as everybody knows, mm-hmm. when you've had a brain injury, you know, a lot of times your, your jobs have been interrupted, your whole family system has been interrupted, and many times finances have been interrupted. So we didn't want the financial situation to be get in the way of people trying to continue their post-rehabilitation once they got out of the hospital. So we started the scholarship program and that has started with one scholarship. And today I think we're up to close to 70 people on scholarships. So it's amazing how it's grown. And the second part of our organization, which is just as important, goes back to Karen Russell. And I was so touched by Karen's attitude. We were the same age. She just had such an incredible energy an incredible spirit about her and she just wasn't willing to give up and she inspired everybody at the gym and you know I've been doing this for many many years you were very nice to say 20 years I think I've been at this for 35 years but the reality was you know I looked at Karen and said we people need to see her people need to see her story people need to see what Mm -hmm. she's done it's extraordinary and you know back then I'm Philadelphia guy big sports fan you know the Sixers were the team and Allen Iverson was debating about should he practice or shouldn't he practice and I used to say this is silly I mean why are we focused on Allen Iverson about practice we should be focused on Karen Russell's road to recovery as an inspiration for us all so with that being said we started our annual awards night uh, which is a very big part of our foundation, just as important as the scholarships. And we basically honor individuals and families every year for their courage, desire, and perseverance along their road of fighting back. And the first person we honored, as you can imagine, was Karen Russell. We had 36 people in the gym and we presented her with the first award. Uh, from that time, we've done 27 previous nights and we've honored, I think, close to 78 people. So it's a very, very um, inspirational evening. We're going to, after two years of being off because of COVID, we're looking to kick off again our 28th on the 27th of April. And it's a, a great chance to celebrate for the individuals their journey and the support they've received from their families and friends and, and medical community. Um, so that's how the foundation got started. And that's what the foundation's all about. Yes. And I'm so looking forward to being there because I know the energy level and the excitement and, and the encouragement that, that uh, your patients receive, I think is just remarkable and so uplifting. And I know that you work with veterans as well. Can you take, tell me about your connection with the veterans population that might be struggling? Yeah, that, and I tell you, it's we've been. Um, I was in the military for 20 years, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I love my soldiers. I love the, our mission. And, and when I retired, um, I had University of Pennsylvania approach me about doing a project uh, focused on the same principles we're doing with fighting back with both the scholarships and the the annual awards night with veterans. And so, of course, with my love for the military, mm-hmm. I jumped on that. I said I would love Jump to right start in. a pilot project. And we did. And uh, we've had some really, really great results with some of our vets. Um, you know, I think part of it is it's it's nice to be in a community being that I had served. You know, I can relate to a lot of these the vets that have been there and have built some good relationships with them. But it's very hard for the vets when they're coming out of the service and they're they're done their careers to enter back into the civilian world. And I think that's one of the things we've really helped them with, uh, because there's a big gap there as well, because they're mm-hmm. so used to a certain structure and a certain culture and community 
that once um, they get out, they don't have that anymore. So coming back to an organization that understands their needs um, is supportive of their mission and trying to keep them, again, moving forward is the key. And, and one of the cool things we're doing, Candace, and, and this isn't just for veterans, this is also across the board, is we started doing some virtual training uh, with COVID. That's the piece that we Important. had to add in there because yes. we weren't allowed to work with people one-on-one. So mm -hmm. one of the things we're really realizing is that for us and for our organization, I think we can touch a lot more lives by trying to tap uh, through the virtual training. Because, you know, we can work with people anywhere. And that's what always has been the limitation. I would get calls all over the country and People would be like, I want to come to your program. I say, great. Where do you live? I live in California. I said, well, I'm, I'm in Malvern. That's a long drive every day to come see me. <laughs> and never put two and two together. The virtual training was a potential. And now that we have that, we're doing that a lot with our vets and a lot with our non-vets. And it's really a wonderful way to connect. And I'm sure many of your members of the audience, if, if they're interested, you know, they can reach out and we can explain what that's all about. But for us, I think that's a way that we can continue to touch lives. We call it, you know, it's our coaching, our connection and our community. And that's the three C's that I think virtual training will allow us to continue to spread to other areas of the country besides just Malvern. Scott, you've just built something so amazing and so heartwarming to me. I'm so thankful that you're in our community. It's really remarkable. And the re-entry for veterans, that is so important to that group. I know that mental health, as well as the cognitive rehabilitation, there's so many components that it touches those lives and can improve the outcomes. And I know every patient is different and you don't know the particulars of our listeners' challenges, but in general, what could you leave them today? What could you tell them and how to keep themselves healthy physically and mentally? It's a great question. And I always kind of leave with the same thing. And I, I think it is, and you've been a wonderful example of this, Candace, uh, yourself and how you've taken your injury and touched so many lives and started this, these wonderful podcasts. But my message is always the same is when you've had a life-changing injury or illness, which for many uh, brain injury survivors, it has been life-changing, family system changing. Um, you can't go back. You know, you can't go try to go back to your life and, and recapture what you had. You've got to write a new chapter. And that's what we encourage people to do is that, you know, you, you don't try to go back. You might try to gain some things that you love to do and redo those, but really focus forward. So many people spend so many hours trying to get back what they lost. And that after a period of time, you can get stuck in that. First, trying to focus forward, moving forward and looking at what opportunities do I have now because of the situation I'm in? How can I take this situation and touch others, people's lives because of the unique things I've learned and experienced along this journey? And it is a journey. And I think when you've had and gone through all the process that you've gone through, Candace, and many of your listeners, you have some unique things that will allow you to do some things you couldn't do before your injury. And that's my biggest message is don't try to go back, try to write a new chapter, turn the page, and you've got some wonderful opportunities ahead. Scott, this has been such a valuable conversation for me and, and I'm sure for my listeners too. You've been, you've been a valuable presenter at the MindBrain conferences in Philadelphia. And I wanna thank you on behalf of our local community too for all, of the, all that you've given us. Uh, to help and lift up other survivors. You've given them tools and tips on how to be active safely, which, I, which we know is most important. So I please accept my heartfelt appreciation for your work with our veterans and for your service. 
Well, right back at you, Candice. Thank you for all the wonderful work you're doing. It's been a pleasure to talk with you today. Thanks for your time. And I want to list, I want to tell our, our listeners to please subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. There are millions that are still struggling that you could help by providing this information. You can be a partner with us. Come on with us and follow us on Instagram and learn more about the mission of Mind Your Brain and be an advocate and a voice for the invisible. Please join us in making a difference in the world. I also want to share, Scott, my last uh, couple minutes. Could you give us the links, uh, your social media links or and or your link to the foundation so that we would have that and we will also add it to our comments at the end of this broadcast. Absolutely. Fightingbacksp.org is the actual website for our organization mm-hmm. and all the work we're doing out there, our annual achievement night, all the information is on fightingbacksp.org. So please go out there and, and find that out and you can reach out if you're interested in some of the virtual training we do, please, you can reach out through that method to uh, contact us and we would love to hear from you. Thanks, Scott. To our listeners, I wish to give you a big virtual hug and tell you, you are not invisible to us.